0: It's time for another episode of the Franchise Business Radio Show. Broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta. Sponsored by Franchise Intellect. Knowledge of the franchise community for franchise selection. More info at FranchiseIntellect.com. Also made possible in part by Franchise.City. A better way to buy a franchise. More info at Franchise.City. And Franserve, the world's largest franchise consulting and expansion organization. More info at Franserve.com. Now, here's your host, certified franchise consultant, Pamela Curry.
1: Hello, this is Pamela Curry, the host of Franchise Business Radio coming to you from Pro Business Channel Studio in Atlanta. The Franchise Business Radio Show is a platform to bring together business professionals to connect, educate, and collaborate to serve the franchise community and those that are considering franchise ownership. As always, i like to thank my sponsors. Uh, thank you to Franchise Intellect, my organization, Knowledgeable Advisors for Franchise Selection, as well as my partner, Franchise.City, a better way to buy a franchise, and also also made possible by FranServe, the world's largest franchise consulting and expansion organization. I also want to say thank you to our guest today who's in the studio. Welcome, Thomas. Thank you. I appreciate being here and uh, looking forward to
2: the conversation. Yeah,
1: uh, me too. I've been really looking forward to this because I believe it's going to be a very educational show for our listeners regarding funding and specifically knowledge around SBA lending for startups and SBA lending for business acquisitions. Uh, Something just to think about, when anyone is considering going into business, funding that business is obviously one of the most important considerations. And it's very important to have a a wise understanding of what your funding options are uh, and identify a wise investment strategy when selecting a franchise or even considering business ownership. So definitely want to make sure we're in alignment. And today's show uh, is really going to be more about getting educated on SBA lending as a funding option. Absolutely. Yeah. And we've got a a great guest in the studio today, uh, Thomas Rockwood. That sounds like a rock star name right there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thomas, I want to just share a little bit of our, um, with our listeners about your background. Uh, Thomas is a nationwide commercial SBA and USDA lender with Atlantic Capital Bank, focusing on lending to businesses, seeking capital to start, grow, and expand their company. Uh, You specialize in business acquisitions, partner buyouts, franchise startups, and business expansions. Uh, You can also help businesses with all their commercial and real estate and equipment purchases, as well as restructuring existing business debt. That's a lot and uh, very important for anyone that's considering business ownership. What I'd like to do for uh, the purpose of this episode being educational is I want to start broad and then start drilling down so we can really make this educational for those that are considering franchise ownership and trying to figure out what would be a wise investment strategy. Is SBA lending the route that I want to go to and consider and get those random questions in someone's mind? Because people go, how do others do it? How do they become business owners? They had to finance this. How does that happen? So we're going to dive into that today. Uh, First things first, SBA lending. Who is involved with SBA lending? I know it's a team approach.
2: Yeah. I mean, so the SBA is the Small Business Administration. It's a division of the federal government. And essentially, they've put together loan programs uh, back in the 60s, really. And it's been in place (laughs) for 50 plus years at this point, um, essentially to incentivize banks to say, yes, lend to these companies. They need the capital. They're trying to do something. And and. You know, if they don't fit into that conventional credit box where a, a bank would say, you know, yes, you have three years tax returns, and yes, you've been doing this for a long period of time, and, and you can show historically the ability to repay the debt, um, you know, typically there would be a, no, I'm sorry, this doesn't really fit our appetite, right? Mm-hmm. It's not what we do. The SBA is there to have a loan program so that businesses can get the capital, uh, and it's through these programs that, that I'd say the, the yes answers come more often.
1: Makes sense. So really, um, you know, I would say it takes a team uh, to get a business up and going. And that includes the funding component uh, of a business. So you've got the the borrower who needs the money. You have the lender, which is the bank. And then you have the government. Uh, And the government has put together programs basically to encourage banks to provide those loans. How do they? How does the government encourage that? How does that work for you as the lender or the bank of that loan?
2: Yeah, I, I would say it's, it's it's about kind of sharing risk, right? Okay. So from from a bank's perspective, it, it's about assessing risk. What's the likelihood of the loan getting repaid? <clears throat> and then if in, to the degree that there's a uh, a way to reduce the risk, that's where the SBA guarantee comes in. That's where the the bank and the SBA, the government have gotten into a relationship and they say, yeah, we'll share in the risk. If something happens, we'll share in the risk. And so, you know, there are two types of bank lenders that are out there. There's delegated banks or historically it's been called preferred lenders. Okay. Um, and then there's non-delegated or, or banks that, you know, they'll, they'll initiate the process, but then they need to interact directly with the government um, okay. agency and get the final approval there. So, you know, The partnership, you know, it's definitely the borrower. It's definitely a bank. um, And sometimes it's directly involving the SBA. um, And sometimes the the bank has delegated authority to make that decision a little bit quicker for the borrower.
1: Yeah. And um, a little bit quicker. You're you're making me think of something there. Uh, We we actually have a a specific... Loan uh, that is very very popular in the franchise world and it's called the SBA Express Loan because it is a little bit quicker. Talk to us about that.
2: Yeah, so the SBA Express Loan is is for you know small loans and I'd say you know the SBA maximum loan or the maximum portion that they're going to guarantee is essentially up to about a five million dollar loan. So the Express Loan is really one hundred and fifty thousand dollars or below, um, and that's a that's a different program. Um, it, it's still an SBA loan uh, and. It, banks still need the delegated authority, or are they going to go through that process? Um, but that's, that's the express loan. So for uh, an entrepreneur that's you know, got some money, they just need a small amount of capital, uh, the express loan program is a great program for them. Um, there's, there's loans, obviously, that exceed $150,000. Um, they're still within the you know, small loan category of loans uh-huh. under $350,000. And then there are the, the general 7A loans that are above $350,000. They go all the way up to $5 million.
1: And um, because I want to dive into that as well. Um, Initially, though, let's stick with the express SBA loan. Uh, What are some of the general requirements? Let's I'm going to be I'm I'm the person that's coming in and say, gosh, I know I want to own a business. I do have some money. You know, I would like to get another hundred to one hundred and fifty thousand via an SBA loan. What what makes me eligible?
2: Well, in, in the franchise world, it starts with the franchise, right? So mm-hmm. does the or have an executed agreement with the SBA that says, yes, this is an eligible franchise? So that's the first place that as I, as a lender, go check and say, okay, hey, you've got a client. It's saying, I want to borrow some funds. You know, I'm going to be a franchisor or I'm going to be a franchisee of this franchisor. I'm going Uh to go to the franchise directory, which is on the SBA.gov website. um, And, you know, look there and say, have they gotten an agreement, right? And if not, then the franchisor needs to do that. That's nothing that the borrower or the bank can really get involved in. Makes sense. But once it's, once the franchisor has in agreement or has an agreement with the SBA and they're on that directory list, um, then that's really kind of our roadmap to then say, okay, let's continue the conversation. Um, If it's going to be a startup, franchise uh, you, you know the borrower forms an entity in small loans typically they get scored so with minimal information on the owner of the company as well as the new entity and the franchise the small loan can essentially get scored that's a number that gets produced by the sba okay uh, and if, if it's above 140 then it's an essentially an approved loan <laughs> <So> yeah <laughs> it's nice to then be able to you know grab minimal information and say yeah we're good let's keep going
1: That makes sense. And um, and some other requirements, credit. Uh, So if I were the borrower, um, I would need to have a credit score of what, 685, 690 or higher across the bureaus?
2: Higher is better. Higher is better. You know, what I would say is the score is indicative of historical issues, right, or Mm -hmm. lack of issues. So, you know, it's, it's not so much what the score is as much as what was the problem um, in the past, right? Has there been okay. collections? Is there delinquencies? Is there foreclosures? Is there bankruptcies? You know, if, if you're free of that, you know, okay, you're a six ninety seven twenty somewhere in that space. I, you know, you as an owner of the new business, you know, don't represent any kind of historical pattern of behavior that says, yeah, this is going to be an issue. But, uh, you know, right. that score and the historical um, information on a borrower's credit report or a guarantor's credit report uh, is I would have to say definitely taken into into consideration yeah. on the scoring model.
1: Absolutely. It's an indicator whether or not you're going to be eligible or not el- eligible for that SBA express loan up Correct. to 150. Uh, another thing that, that is looked into is uh, cash injection. Talk to us about that.
2: Yeah. You know, I like to kind of think of it as skin in the game, yes. right? So 100% financing isn't something that uh, the SBA wants to do. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they, they look at what is the percentage of a new business? What's that skin in the game mm-hmm. um, that, that the that the owners are going to be putting in? What's the percentage that the loan is going to be um, funded by the, the bank? Um, and, and going down that path. So, you know, I would say on average, you know, people looking at this uh, as you know, an SBA loan as a means to get kind of their business up and running, mm-hmm. you know, Back of the napkin, 20, 30% is probably on average, you know, bank to bank to bank, nationwide, what these uh, lenders are going to be looking for, form a cash injection. So if you say, okay, here's the build out, here's the entire project, here's what I need to get, you know, essentially the franchise started up and running, built out and cash flow positive, past the break even point, um, mm-hmm. that's that's what we're going to define as your project. So 20, 30% of that number is probably a great number to start with to say, okay, this is the good Good cash injection for 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 the startup,
1: and I know there are uh, like you said, you have SBA loans, and there are different programs that fall underneath that SBA loan umbrella. Uh, with the with the Express, just to kind of go through some general terms to educate our listeners. Um, you can only get up to one hundred fifty thousand. Obviously, the higher credit score, six eighty five, six ninety or higher, preferably higher, uh, does require cash injection. Usually, anywhere between. 10 to 30%. Right.
2: The minimum is 10% for a new business. You have to have at least 10%. But again, bank to bank, that's typically pretty thin. So, you know, I would say, you know, more is better, but, you know, Banks are typically what I see in the market and across the country is, you know, somewhere in that 10 to 30 percent range is the right answer.
1: So um, I am looking to get that um, loan of 150000 as a new business owner and borrower. I need to be ready to, let's say we do 20 percent uh, cash injection. I have to, for 150000 I have to be ready to put in 30,000, is my math correct there? I hope so. Uh, you have to do a cash injection of 30,000. And uh, that means that you have a remaining hundred and twenty Twenty thousand available to you in working capital. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, and, and I'd say it's it's capital, and okay. then depending on what is going to be used for, is is it operating capital? Is it going to be used to build out a location? Are we buying inventory? Are we buying equipment? What is it going to be used for? So Excellent. that's kind of that that breakdown. But yeah, loan proceeds are going to go towards supporting the business, the startup, and its needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the borrowers would say, okay, yeah, I I need fifty thousand dollars in working capital. I need this, you know, forty thousand dollars in leasehold improvements or this build out that I'm trying to do. I need some inventory. I need some equipment. This is what it's going to take to to get past the break even point, and that's kind of how you define the whole project.
1: Okay, that makes sense to me. And uh, like you said, you can use those funds and with whatever it takes to get that business up and running and operating. That's the goal. Correct. So you can start cash flowing, and. Uh, are there any, I mean, restrictions on how you can use that money? I mean, couldn't you pay yourself a salary? I mean, what can you do with that?
2: It, it's got to be for a business purpose, okay. right? And so, you know, your business plan is a, is a key component to kind of the initial roadmap. What's, mm-hmm. What are you going to do? And so you'd say, okay, this is the project I'm going to, you know, essentially pull off, you know, it, easy math, right? If we say it's a $100,000 project or... You know, you can half a million dollar project. It's, it's about uh-huh. the same process. Um, but I, I need to inject these funds. I need to then, you know, do my build out. I need to make this acquisition. Here's the timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, essentially, you're looking at saying, okay, what is the expenses of the company? And what's the revenue of the company at any given month? And and the point here is to get the sales high enough that it's covering the expenses, so you have net income at the end of the month. Left over to make the loan payment, right? Absolutely. Uh, so that's kind of, once you're able to do that, that's your breakeven point. But regular business expenses, paying payroll and salaries mm-hmm. and utilities and marketing and advertising <laughs> and promotion, all, all of those things are normal business expenses. And so yes. absolutely eligible to be used with loan funds.
1: That makes sense. And I always like to prepare people uh, or individuals considering franchise ownership. Um, I want to put them in a in a wise position financially, in a very strong position. So, yes, they've got to have enough liquidity, uh, cash on hand, to do that cash injection, uh, which, as we said, is probably anywhere between 10 to 30% of the actual loan amount. What about post-liquidity? Any recommendations or thoughts or advice there?
2: Yeah, you know, again, mitigating risk, right? What we're mm-hmm. trying to essentially say is, okay, what, what's good skin in the game? And then what happens if, so for example, you know, an SBA loan typically has a 10 year term, right? Mm -hmm. So over the next 10 years, what's going to happen? And so going into it, you don't want to be in a weak cash position as the backup, right? So as the owner of the company, you want your company well capitalized, but then you yourself should have some, what I call post-transaction liquidity or cash that you can convert if There's a cyclical nature to the company or there's a construction project that runs in front of your retail location and sales get slow because customers can't come in, right? What happens then? And so having that cash on hand personally is important. It One, is there to support your personal household expenses, Mm -hmm. but two, it's there to inject into the company should it be needed, right? right? You're the entrepreneur, you're the owner of the company. Ultimately on an SBA loan, you're gonna guarantee that loan's gonna be paid. And so having cash in reserves is important.
1: That makes sense. I always say you want to have a, you want to have a backup plan. <laughs>
2: exactly, exactly. Yeah,
1: and uh, that kind of made me think of something else. Um, we've been talking about you know, the express a little bit, but like you said, a loan's a loan, right? It's still the SBA loan and there's just different programs underneath it. Very often I will find that working with candidates, um, they might turn to the express because of the quick turnaround, hence the Mm -hmm. word express, right? And it works very well for home and office-based businesses that are not getting into the storefront are the retail front where you are getting into some additional complexities. Uh, so I want to talk about that. What happens when we need more than one hundred and fifty thousand? What does that look like? What does that program look like?
2: Uh, you, I, in my opinion, as a lender, they're very similar. Okay. Right? So um, you know the the scoring model is there for loans under $350,000. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a 7A loan that gets scored, and, and essentially we're going to follow the guidelines. We're going to need projections, assumptions, a business plan. We need the same financials on the guarantor that's needed. We need to understand the franchise the franchisor and those moving parts. So what the lender is going to want to understand and see doesn't change a whole lot. Um, And and, and I think, you know, loans under $350,000 go through a similar process of, you know, entering in that data, getting a score and then moving forward from there.
1: Excellent. And, and when we talk about the score, uh, you are, as the lender, you're scoring not only the franchisor, are you also scoring the individual? Well, and and so Or the borrower
2: (laughs) getting into the weeds a little bit, but you know, as a delegated lender, what we'll do is we'll go into the SBA system and we'll enter in again the new company information, the franchise information, and the social and and kind of information on the owners. Okay, and the SBA directly when provides a score. You know, I think that process on average takes 20, 30 minutes to, to mm. kind of knock out once you know those pieces. Yep. Um, and it's a it's a great, efficient way from both the bank and the borrower's perspective to say, hey, is this a good route to go? Um, is it, am I eligible? Or are we heading down the right path? And so, you know, making sure that that score's there. And if it's not there, then there's a question, well, what, what was it? Right. Or, was it something on the franchisor side? Was it something on the personal credit history side? Was, you know, what was going on? And, and unfortunately, we don't know the answers behind mm-hmm. all of those details to say, hey, this is what was issue. But, you know, there's, there's at least the the positive saying, if you do get above that eligible score, then you're heading to the right path. But the lenders are going to want to document their, loan file and they're going to want to understand the owner of the franchise. They're going to want to understand the franchise themselves and, and uh, having a plan. I can't stress this enough uh-huh. is it is definitely that's your roadmap, right? At the beginning right. of the process, you say, hey, I'm going to do this. Well, where are you going to be in 12 months, right? Have a plan. We're going to be in 24 months. What's your three, four, five year goal going to be? And that's a great tool for entrepreneurs to then look back on and say, mm-hmm. did I hit my mark? It right. mm-hmm. was I high. Was I low? What was different? What was changed? And, mm-hmm. You know, and then make adjustments.
1: And as a lender, is uh, is that something you help the borrower put together that roadmap? Like you said,
2: uh, there's a lot of great resources out there. As a lender, mm-hmm. I'm really looking for the entrepreneur to provide the initial information. I can definitely okay. weigh in and I have opinions.
1: Sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not
2: short of any of those. Um but you know, but there are great resources and what I'd say, you know, we're here in Atlanta, um the Small Business Development Centers, are mm-hmm. a division of the University of Georgia's system to help entrepreneurs. Yep. They're a great free resource. Um I can't stress this enough, you know, franchisors or franchisees should, you know, they're looking at this, tap into the free resources through the SBA programs. And there are definitely those out there, um, you know, staff across the entire state and and across the country, really there to help entrepreneurs build out those plans and, and go through those projections and really own that process. Yes. I think it's important for entrepreneurs to have that experience because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, once you're funded and it's done, right? Loans dispersed, right. you're in, you've got a capital investment of, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars and a loan that you need to repay. Um, you're at the helm of the ship. Right. right? And that, that, that business plan and those projections and assumptions, that's your roadmap forward.
1: I like it. And, uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to put on my borrower hat, right? I am the individual that I know I want to franchise, um, looking at franchise business ownership. Um, I'm working with a consultant like Pamela Curry. (laughs) And um, I know that I've got to figure out what's going to be a wise funding strategy. Um, I'm looking at a, we'll play out a scenario here. I'm looking at a retail concept. Um, I recognize that I have some liquidity, uh, but I need more money. So I come to you as the lender. And um, we start talking about SBA loans walk me through the process of what happens to get that loan in place. Sure. And
2: okay. I'll arbitrarily kind of put a dollar amount out there. That way we can kind of hone in on some specifics. So if, right. I, if I use $400,000, easy math, uh-huh. um, as our project, yes. right? And so, you know, that 10 to 30% that we were discussing before, that's going to be essentially forty to
1: $120,000. Wait, let's slow down right there. So um, that, you are talking about that, Forty to $120,000, that's your cash injection Mm -hmm. for that $400,000 loan that you're looking to. $400,000 project. Project, thank you. Oh, thank you. That's by the way, $400,000 project uh, that you're getting. Okay, Um, go ahead. Yeah,
2: so, you know, let's just say we're doing a 30% cash injection. Okay. All right. Or maybe for easy math, we'll use $100,000. <laughs> I like that too. <laughs> so you have a $400,000 project. You got $100,000 to put in. That leaves you about $300,000
1: short, right? Mm-hmm. And so
2: then what are your options? Um, you know, you can sell something and pay that in cash, right? If you don't have that thing to go sell that's worth $300,000, such as your house, because you need to still live someplace.
1: And what you're talking about here, just for for clarification, you're talking about in order to be eligible for that, that project amount, you need to have some type of personal guarantee. No, no,
2: no. no. I'm saying four hundred thousand dollars project. You have a hundred thousand dollars in cash. How are you going to come up with that three hundred thousand dollars? Right? Oh, okay. I'd SBA is definitely an option at this point. Oh, okay. Right? I'm you now. I'm sorry. You know, you're, you got an eligible franchise. You've got a good cash injection. In this scenario, you got twenty five percent, which is a great starting point. Okay. You're looking at a shortfall, right? And so, what I'm saying is, you know, if you're a A single owner, right? You own Mm one hundred percent of the member interest or the stock of the company. Uh You know, commercial capital or essentially an SBA loan is going to be what you are going to probably need to 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 move forward and finish out this project. Okay, you know, so that process—that's what we're talking about. Yes, you you would reach out to a lender um, or you know, utilize your franchise intellect resource mm-hmm. like Pamela Curry and, <laughs> and say, hey, where do we go? What's, what's next, right? But you, you're going to want to end up in front of a lender to have a conversation to say, is this something that you're interested in doing? Because not all SBA lenders like startup companies, right? They don't That's have right. that appetite. Right. And, and while it's eligible to do, there's, there's that bank appetite component. And mm-hmm. so I think borrowers should realize that if you get a no someplace, that's not a no from an eligibility. It's a no appetite for that lender. And so there may great be point. other banks that are out there that are worth talking to. Very great point. Um, And so, you know, you find the right appetite and, and we're, you, you have a conversation. I think it's a relationship that is started and, you know, for a 10-year term loan, it's going to be a 10-year relationship. So um, who you're working with matters. Um, You should, as the borrower, feel comfortable talking to and having a dialogue with the lender. Mm -hmm. Um, but, But that process is going to be, as I said before, in a small loan, it's going to be an analysis of what your business plan is, what the financials that you're projecting the company to perform at right. What do those look like? Um, okay. Your personal financials, you know, historical tax returns. Your sources of income for the household. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you have a two-income household, excellent. One yes. person's going to leave that job and they're going to go start this company, while the other person maintains that outside income. That's a great scenario. It's not available to everybody. Because sure. if you're a single household and with a single income...
1: Absolutely.
2: You know, that's just, again, something that you need to mitigate or understand, you know, what is that savings plan? How do you cover your household expenses while you get this up and running? And those right. are things that the lender can't necessarily provide an answer to. But you as the entrepreneur, you know... You need
1: to be thinking exactly. along those lines. Right. Because
2: any bank in the SBA, we're all going to be wanting to looking out for the borrower's best interest. Mm-hmm. And essentially saying, is this the right plan? And is this... Do you have options, or is this a kind of a all in? I got nothing else. If it doesn't work, uh oh, right? Right. No one wants that. Uh-oh. No one wants that. Okay. But but that three hundred thousand dollars shortfall. You know, you're going to be working with a lender, um, SBA loan. As long as it's all dollars towards the benefit of the business and the startup capital, it's all going to be eligible. Again, you need to lease a Lisa space. You're going to need to build out that space. At, you know, forty, fifty, eighty thousand dollars to build out a small space. You're going to need inventory, working capital to get once you open up your doors. Uh, and you start actually operating the business, you're not going to have the revenue to cover those rent expenses or the loan payments or any of those items. So, understand, yeah. um, you know, what is that shortfall until you hit that break-even point? Mm-hmm. And, and all of that is eligible, um, and, but you you define what it is, you build out your plan, uh, and I would say with an SBA loan, there's a document that backs up and supports all of that. Okay. Right? You start with a theoretical concept, Um So if then, yeah, okay, I like this, we're heading down the right path. But at some point, it gets very tangible, right? Mm -hmm. You you sign a lease, you execute your franchise agreement, you have a build-out for a very specific dollar amount and what it's going to go towards and what that time frame is going to be. You have X number of dollars dedicated toward inventory. Well, what specific inventory are you going to purchase? And then, you know, in your business plan, it really says, here's my budget for working capital, that Mm -hmm. operations, that run operations, those sorts of things. What do you need? Right. And that's mm-hmm. outlined there. So everything becomes very real and very specific uh, through the process. Um, understand. So it starts out at a big picture, um, but it gets to the minutiae detail pretty quick.
1: Absolutely. So uh, when we think about the process and and I'm just going to take it from individual looking at franchise business ownership all the way to getting those doors open. Right. So we, we've, we've identified the, the franchise. Uh, yes. I want to become a franchisee of ABC company. Franchisor, um, I now want to make sure I'm in a right posi- the right position from a financial standpoint. Um, I look at the franchise disclosure document. I know that that franchise disclosure document is telling me it's going to take anywhere between three hundred and fifty to five hundred thousand uh, is the estimated initial investment. The item seven in the FDD that. That's what it's going to take to get my doors open and get my business up and running, usually in the first three months. That's what that uh, estimated initial investment is about in the franchise disclosure document. I'm working with you as the lender, and we identified that um, I have a project that requires $400,000. And you say, yep, we can do that. You're eligible. We can do that. We then go and, in order to start executing on that, I have to be in a position as a, as the borrower and the in the future franchisee to do a cash injection of, let's say, between twenty and thirty yep. percent. Um, then, this is a retail location; the funds don't get released right then and there. So let's talk about okay great so I've signed my franchise agreement let's say my franchise fee was 50,000 first question that 50,000 can that be applied as part of my cash injection that the SBA is requiring
2: that's a great question yeah. absolutely and 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 so when we define what the project is so in in that kind of big picture what are all the moving parts going to be the franchise fee is is definitely a part of that project right so of the four hundred thousand dollars that's going to be all your closing costs it's going to be what we're going to estimate the the build-out to be it's going to be the franchise fee Mm -hmm. and so you know of the hundred thousand dollars you're going to put in you pay that fee that's fifty thousand dollars that assuming that we can trace that source (laughs) that that's injected and that's documented and that's 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 done um Borrower's funds, so that cash injection that goes in first, and then SBA loan dollars then get dispersed after the fact. So, Makes sense. you know, at that point, you've executed your agreement, you've paid the franchise fee, you're heading towards a loan closing, right? Assuming uh-huh. that you know you've provided the lender everything, you get an approval, you, you've done the due diligence, you've gone you've gone out and gotten insurance, and you've got the construction budget, and you've mapped that out, and so um, you, you're at the point where you're ready to close the loan.
1: And just to clarify, uh, when as a new business owner and you're going out and getting all of those things, which were obviously there's a cost associated, again, that is part of your cash injection. So you're, this is not above and beyond. You are, these are just natural things. So that's considered part of your cash injection as long as it's being properly tracked and um, and things. So, I'm sorry and then I kind of took you off track, but I just want to make yeah. sure that everyone understands that these extra business expenses, they are being classified as your cash injection requirement based upon the SBA loan.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, for example, you have to have insurance. Mm-hmm. That's going to you typically pay a premium uh, for a year up front. So, that is a necessary business expense and if as it's on the front end, you're gonna pay for it. that's gonna be classified it. Uh, a best practice that I would recommend is once you're committed to going with the lender, you take that cash injection, mm-hmm. you open up your new business account at that bank and you drop those funds in there. Great idea. That stops the historical like, hey, I need more bank statements, see more bank statements. Because your lender can then essentially look at the business bank account and say, Okay, great. Mm-hmm. So when you go to cut that check to the franchise or You're writing that off your new business account. Okay. Right. And so then you've got a bank statement that the bank can pull, and you're just basically essentially providing invoices Mm -hmm. and canceled checks. Mm -hmm. Um, My recommendation is don't use credit cards to pay for the cash injection. Park it in the business bank account, write checks off of it. If you need to use a debit card, do that. But but inject those funds off of your new business bank account. Yeah, and it's
1: a cash injection, not a borrowed
0: injection. Right. <laughs> really. Using Incredible. credit cards to
2: document all that, that opens up Pandora's right. box of other stuff that we need to go then Uh-oh. down that bunny hole sure. and document. So, <laughs> you know, but but as you kind of look at, okay, I'm injecting $100,000 into my project. You You put those funds in the bank account and as that, project gets you know, or as your funds get injected that dollar amount in the bank account goes from a hundred thousand dollars and gets down to something a lot smaller than that now it's time to go close the loan because you've injected and you've documented and you've worked with your lending partner to then say okay yeah i've i've spent this funds I, i'm moving forward it's time to then start drawing on the i've loan. got
1: the skin in the game yeah. she said yes
2: you know and so that might not be day one hey we're approved let's go close the loan Mm-hmm. Right. Because things take time. It takes time to inject your cash injection. Yes. And so you want to you want to execute and close the loan at the appropriate time, which is once you are at that point where you're about to finish injecting the cash and now you need to start drawing on loan funds.
1: Very important point, because I think the timing of this is very important because it's a cash flow situation for the business owner themselves. And so I'm, I'm going to continue down the scenario scenario that we have just to have a real world example um, all right, so we, we've done that. I, I've got my franchise agreement signed. I've, I've done my $100,000 cash injection for my $400,000 project loan. Now I need to go find a site.
2: Well, and and I would say site selection is going to be a part of the initial process. Uh-huh. Um, you might have drop the funds into the bank account, you might have executed your franchise agreement. And so in this case, you got $50,000 left to inject, but definitely go find a site. Yeah. <laughs> as, a, as a lender, right, I'm going to be underwriting and using the location of your new business as a key component to my determination of your, you know, are we in agreement that this is going to be a successful location? Right.
1: So, and just for our listeners, so there is a, there's a sequence that needs to occur in order of events. Um, those funds aren't released until you actually have that site.
2: Yeah, I would say you know nobody's gonna be closing a loan without a location. Right. So that's if you're right. if you've got a new retail concept, where that's going is critical, right? Yes. The traffic count, the head count, the foot, you know, all of that is going to matter. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you can inject you, you can say, I'm committed to this franchise. I'm gonna execute my franchise agreement. I'm gonna pay those funds. If that that's as as a new business owner, that's your call.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: but the lender is gonna wanna know that you are you've got a lease, we know what the terms of lease are, All right. There's a lot of, I'd say, SBA regulation about that lease. Okay. And so that's something to work closely with. Once you find a site location and you start going down the path of negotiating your lease, um, there's going to be, you know, terms and, and your lender is going to want to work with you to make sure that that lease is going to be eligible um, and that the collateral that's going to go into there uh, for the SBA loan, mm-hmm. um, you know, that there's an agreement that the landlord understands this is going to be secured with an SBA loan and the lender may need to go get that collateral. There's a lot of those moving parts, but assuming you have your location, you've got everything ready to go. Um, you know, once you've injected those funds, and, and for example, you know, we've, we paid the $50,000 in our scenario, you find a location lender likes it. You might, you know, pay a deposit for the, the location, right? right? Yep. So there's a $10,000 check. Yes. and keep math easy here. Yeah. So now we're into 60. <laughs> you know, you're going to have some closing in costs, right? Mm-hmm. That can also be part of your capital injection. Um, there might be initial deposit on equipment or inventory that you need to make. Mm-hmm. Um, your contractor to build out the space, they might need a deposit up front, right? So those are all things I would say in the in the normal scope of getting your franchise location up and running. Yes. That are going to happen. That'll probably eat up into that cash injection that we're talking about.
1: Yep, that cash injection requirement. And the reason why we want to time this is when the is when the funds, the SBA funds, are actually released to the individual. Uh, there are a couple additional requirements. Not only do they need to have a franchise agreement signed, they need to have that site selection in place. And then the build-out occurs. And and when we say it's a team effort, it really is. So I, I just want to give peace of mind to anyone who's considering a franchise. This is not something you're out there doing on your own. This is why people go to franchising, because the franchisor has expertise in this area. They have the commercial real estate side. Now you've got the lender on your side, and you're really working together as a team to have things progress and move forward in the right order
2: absolutely yeah that site selection you know your franchise is going to have signed off on it they're going to have a design that they're going to want you to execute those are all things you can hand to a contractor and i would say bid out the contracting to three different companies figure out which one you want to use cheapest isn't always the best so you know The lender will have experience and prompt borrowers to then say, hey, ask about these things, Uh, make sure we have this into the construction contract, you know, all these things, right? But an experienced lender should be able to help also advise and guide you through that process. Uh, Most likely, loan proceeds are going to be dispersed to the contractor. And so there's a specific guidelines that, again, the SBA is going to want to make sure that we have documented
0: Yes.
1: So I'm going to back up a little bit because yep. we can get, into you know, loan proceeds. Basically, I'm, I like to keep it simple, keep it, the KISS model, keep it simple, sweet, right? Uh, when you say loan proceeds. So now I'm uh, going back to our scenario. Uh, we've got the site. I've now hired our contractor. Build out is, is, is started. And I'm working with you as my lender. And you are basically gradually paying that contractor, which is what you would consider the proceeds, right?
2: Correct. Yeah. Okay. So you what we're gonna want is we're gonna wanna document the loan proceeds. What was every penny spent on? Right. Maybe not penny, but, <laughs>
1: yeah, but yeah. Dollar
2: Absolutely. penny. About the same, right? <laughs> but yeah, I mean so We're going to want to say okay do we have an invoice to back up this disbursement request so you're going to work with your lender Um, there might be a post-closing team that that you're working with or it might be the actual person who packaged and closed the loan Um, but you're going to work with that lender to essentially disperse the three hundred thousand dollars until it's fully dispersed right so once once you've spent all three hundred thousand dollars the plan from the very beginning is mm-hmm. you're up and running and you're now cash flow positive and and you're, you're well now right let's direction.
1: let's not jump to to well, that no. so, t- so yeah
2: so you're having to document all of those pennies right that are right. going to get dispersed so you'd say hey I've got this invoice I need to pay all right you provide that invoice the lender will then disperse those funds to pay that invoice they'll either drop it to your business account there you can write a check off of or they might cut a check directly to the, the vendor and, and get that straight to them okay but you know contractor great example. Um, you know, assuming you have all the documentation to disperse the funds, uh-huh. you know, they'll submit an invoice. Um, once all that documentation is received, then the lender will either cut a check directly to the contractor to pay that invoice and kind of proceed forward.
1: Great. So now I've uh, I've got my site. I've finished my build out. Um, I've got my sign up. I'm ready to open my doors. And is that when I have to start paying back my loan? What, how does that work?
2: Absolutely, that's a great question. So the the moment you close your loan, right? If you started drawing on the funds, you're going to have a monthly payment. Okay. Um, it's important, in my opinion, uh, that your lender builds in an interest only period, right? Mm-hmm. Through the construction, for example, you're not driving any revenue, and and it's important to that essentially have the smallest payment possible. Yes. So mm-hmm. you know, build in that that construction interim interest, for example. Understand. Um, so you have dollars dedicated to make those payments um Through the construction period until you're actually past the break even so yeah I, I would say typical terms are you're gonna start paying on the SBA loan on any principal balance that's dispersed uh, one to two months after you close your loan and, and that'll continue for the term of the loan
1: okay, so i'm gonna I'm just gonna recap that because I think there's value in, in this so i've I've got my loan and the recommendation if you can is is to with especially. a a retail location because that's our scenario that we're working with you try to get let's just say it's a 10-year term for my loan i want to get the first 12 months interest uh just paying on interest to keep my payments low until i really start seeing my business make money yeah yeah. that's the goal right sure so so in our Um,
2: scenario if we look at and we say okay we're going to do a 3 month build out and then it's going to take another 6 to 9 months to then get up to that break even point so you're going to need 6 to 9 months of operations to 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 become what we're going to call cash flow positive or essentially have enough net income to pay the loan uh-huh. and have money left over uh-huh. uh, then yeah you'd want a 12 month interest only period so enough time to get your doors open and then enough time as well to to get to the point where you can cover the loan payment on a full principal and interest basis that's the period of time that should Really, be interest only.
1: Yeah, and just uh, just to be clear, because sometimes I think we take uh the the jargon for granted. Uh, when we're talking about principal and interest, uh, please explain to our listeners what a principal is and what an interest is.
2: Sure. So, in our scenario, you have a four hundred thousand dollar project. It's a three hundred thousand dollar loan. So, you have three hundred thousand dollars that is essentially. What you're going to have to pay back plus the interest that's right so it, as you're drawing up the loan, you know you might disperse in the first month only a hundred thousand dollars and in the second month, you might disperse another hundred thousand and then once you've got your doors open, we're going to buy all the inventory, we're going to disperse the working capital over a period of time, eventually you're going to be at a three hundred thousand dollar dispersed loan mm-hmm. so the print the interest that's accrued is accrued daily based upon what is dispersed. Um, which is why you don't want $300,000 dropped into your account tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. You want to space that out and have that only come to you when you need it because you're going to be paying interest on that.
1: That makes sense.
2: So, you know, each loan payment is, you know, interest only in the beginning. That's You're Mm -hmm. only paying the interest that's accumulated since the last loan payment Mm -hmm. based upon the average daily balance that's been drawn up or – average daily principal that has been taken out of the loan. Um, once your business is able to pay back that $300,000 plus the interest, you know, I, you know, in our scenario, 12 months of interest only, you've essentially got 108 months to then pay back the $300,000.
1: Okay. And uh, does it, if I, again, I'm the borrower, I'm, I'm getting an SBA loan, does it make sense for me to shop around? Can I get a lower interest rate from this bank to that bank?
2: Yeah, an SBA loan is going to look and feel very similar mm-hmm. bank to bank.
1: That's interest
2: nice. rate and service are probably about the two factors that you're you're looking at. Okay. Um, depending on the security, you know, you might not see a whole lot of fluctuation in the interest rate, but absolutely do your due diligence and mm-hmm. find a bank that you're comfortable with. Um, you know, look at though, I mean, what is or 25 basis points difference, right? What does that that equate to dollar wise? I had a borrower come to me and say, Hey, Thomas, you know, this bank is giving me this rate, you know, should I negotiate harder? And should I get a lower rate? And I said, Okay, well, if you negotiate further, right, and you try to get yourself a quarter point less, Mm -hmm. right, 20.25% less, what's that really going to save you, right? It turned out to be like $300 a year, Right, and he's not like, that much, right? no, that's mm-hmm. not going to you know, I, you know, I value the relationship. I, I'm fine. Let's just keep moving forward. So right. you know, shop for your rate, but you know, depending on the size of your project rate may not really have a huge dollar amount impact so you know i think who you're working with and who your business partner is who that bank is and what that relationship is going to be for the next 10 years that's a huge component that because um, they're
1: part of your team
2: absolutely Mm -hmm. so you know it might be worth 25 basis points or 0.25 (laughs) percent more to to work with a lender that you like a lot um and value their relationship and the opinion and the
1: service you get makes sense and uh you oh, know, goodness! You just made me think of something. I just lost my train of thought. With the with that loan, right? You've got you have, you have the service points. Bank to bank, it's probably pretty similar. What is what is standard? Um, prime plus.
2: Yeah, so the you know in, in that three hundred thousand dollar loan example, mm-hmm. um, prime is currently as of today. Uh, Okay. The maximum spread above Prime is 2.75% for that size of a loan. Okay. So our maximum interest rate as of the date of this show is 7.5%. Typical terms are going to be 7.5% adjusted quarterly, uh, which means that if Prime moves... Up or down. Up or down. Your interest rate will move up or down. Right. Um, and, you know, and I'd say that's pretty common across mm-hmm. 7A loans, which, you know, most loans, for example, in our business scenario, a huge portion was going to working capital and leasehold improvements and inventory. So, mm-hmm. you know, essentially a good portion of our $300,000 loan was unsecured. So,
1: Yeah. And when you say that <clears> $300,000 loan is unsecured, what does that mean?
2: Uh, is there collateral to support it, to fully secure the loan, um, on a liquidated basis. So, you know, the SBA has in its guidelines uh-huh. direction to lenders saying, if you buy inventory, it has to be valued at this, right? You might pay a dollar for it, but it's really only worth 10 cents. If, if you close your doors and you're in a default scenario and you have to liquidate it. Mm-hmm. So what is that value of the item to help you essentially, if you're the entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. If I look at you and say, hey, you, you close your doors, what can you sell to pay back the SBA loan? Right. That the dollar you spent, you might only get about 10 cents back.
1: I understand what you're saying.
2: So, you know, it's an unsecured loan from that nature. But essentially <clears throat> what you're looking at is, you know, floating rate adjusted quarterly, most likely because it's unsecured. Right. Mm-hmm. Or because what you're doing is very speculative or because of the risk. Mm-hmm. So um, it's typically on a 10 year term to, to draw it up, pay it back. Um, it's typically floated adjusted quarterly. Prime plus 2.75 is what the SBA says the maximum eligible reasonable rate. Um, above that, right, there, there are other sources, alternative sources, where you can get money for, you know, 10, 20, you know, up to 30 percent interest, right? That's right. unreasonable commercial terms.
1: Yes, right? yeah, I would agree.
2: Um, so, so, you know, it's going to be within a reasonable amount. Um, y- y- I'd say the average is, you know, 275 or below somewhere in that space, 250, 225, 2.0, right? Like those are all kind of normal and bank to bank is going to make that call. So back to your point earlier, you know, you might see a 7A term loan for 10 years. That's going to be standard. It might be adjusted quarterly, but that interest rate calculation Mm -hmm. might be slightly different from bank to bank.
1: Makes sense. And I want to go back to something else you mentioned earlier, and that is the appetite of a bank. And even if you go to a bank or a lender initially and they say, "Mm, no, this is not an SBA loan that we want to do, that's not a negative. You You can find a bank that does have an appetite for that loan. What do you mean when you say appetite? Yeah, for a bank?
2: um, certain banks might like certain industries, right? You Good know, point. restaurants and hotels are classic examples of banks that probably like those or maybe mm-hmm. not like those, right? So, if you're trying to start up a restaurant or you're trying to start up a hotel or you're trying to start up a gas station or you're trying to open up, uh, you know, any kind of business, but you think right. verticals, right? You're trying to be a dental facility or you're going to do a veterinary clinic, right? There might be certain- Fitness
1: concept, restaurant, a spa. (laughs) Banks may have
2: experience, positive or negative, with a certain industry. And based upon that experience, they say, yeah, I really like to do this. Or no, we might be full at the moment, right? They they might have done a lot of that lending recently. And so-
1: They want to diversify there.
2: Exactly. So that's the appetite Mm -hmm. component. The other components to it are, you know- what's the cash that you can inject, right? What are the, what's that post-transaction liquidity look like? What, you know, it it is a whole picture kind of decision. So, you know, if you get a, say, if you get some into a conversation with a lender and they say, no, this really doesn't fit our box or this doesn't fit our appetite, press to understand why and then Mm -hmm. ask the question, do you know anybody who this might work with, right? Like, you know, SBA is a very small community. Yeah. <laughs> if you're talking to a lender, trust me, they know other lenders. Sure. Um, you know, and it may not be a fit for anybody that they know, and that's okay too. But right. um, the SBA website also provides a resource for people who are seeking capital. If you're hitting that roadblock and you need a source of funding, you can always reach out to the SBA's website, and they have a lender match program to help. You know, cast that net further to then mm. get more. Um, you know, more opportunities to then say, hey, is there a lender that wants to reach? And, you know.
1: Yes, yeah, um, I've got to go. I've got to go towards the vets. Uh, you know, are there any special programs for vet um, for veterans?
2: Absolutely. So <clears throat> the SBA has been a long supporter of veterans uh, looking to become entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, in our example, for you know, we have a four hundred thousand dollar project. You have a three hundred thousand dollar loan. The SBA would typically charge a. Th- Fee, the guarantee fee, the guarantee fee, right? Yep, um, to any borrower, and, and so in right. the Veterans Advantage Program through the SBA, um, they they will cut that fee in half, which is a, is a huge benefit.
1: Absolutely. So, uh, as a veteran, you get a discount on the guarantee fee, which is basically a fee that's paid to the SBA government. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in addition to that, um, it's my understanding that bankers and lenders they like the idea of of Loaning to veterans uh, underneath this program because the SBA is is giving them a greater guarantee around that loan, Uh, so it it's really helpful for all parties involved. Well, and and,
2: and the guarantee doesn't change. The actual guaranteed portion of the loan doesn't change Mm -hmm. um, because of that, but it is to the the same. Yeah, yeah, I mean, right. but it is that guarantee fee, the discount, right? And yes. to the degree that anybody that served our country, if there's anything that the lender can do in the country, you know, the, the SBA can do to make it easier to become an entrepreneur, absolutely. absolutely, we're all in that. We're all behind that 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 vision. So, mm-hmm. uh, again, you know, there's awesome resources throughout the SBA, through the SBDC, through the SCORE programs, and lenders across the country, uh, as well as the government themselves that are, you know absolutely behind entrepreneurship um, as a whole and for our veterans that have served our country, absolutely wanting to do anything we can to, to help them.
1: Absolutely, and uh, you are just a wealth of knowledge, uh, Thomas. Thank you so much. And I know that this is a lot of information for someone to take in. Uh, actually, my producer Rich and I—we kind of have a joke when we're when we're going on these topics, and it just is—you're taking in so much information. We go, "Is the sponge full? <laughs> <laughs> How much more can I take in?" And um, very, very aware of that. And I—I I just want to reassure anyone that is considering franchise business ownership, that you're not having to navigate this by yourself. Absolutely, And um, we're surrounding you. And that is one of the advantages of working with franchise consultants. Is they're going to connect you to those needed resources and surround you. Um, to be able to help you navigate this path to get to business ownership. Everyone's on your side.
2: A hundred percent. You know, one of my best friends always tells me, um, you know, this is a journey. This isn't a destination. Absolutely. It's a journey, right? Absolutely. So a- as you make this journey toward entrepreneurship or business expansion or fulfilling that dream, it's mm-hmm. a journey, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to surround yourself with people that build you up and support you, give you advice. If they can help, great. If they can't Ask them to point you in the right direction. Absolutely. Um, you know, what I, what I always kind of think in the back of my head is if I can't do it, it's still going to (laughs) happen, right? And and it might not happen today. It might happen tomorrow and it might not happen the way you originally planned it, but there's a way to make it happen Mm -hmm. and feeling that, that American dream and that, that vision of entrepreneurship is is what everybody in my opinion in the SBA community is there to do. I mean, yes. it's literally what makes tomorrow a different place as the entrepreneurs that we work with,
1: yeah, agreed uh before just in closing what I mean what am I asking that I should be asking that will help our listeners any additional advice thoughts um
2: you, you, to your point, the sponge might be full at this moment um, <laughs> for but the, i mean, the details matter what I would say is you know we can talk about generic terms, um, in generically what can happen and what, what, what should people expect? But, you know, you might have three people going for the exact same franchise in the exact same location, mm-hmm. and it's going to be different for each one of them. Yeah. So it, it is, is definitely a conversation. It is definitely something where, you know, be open and transparent and, and, and work with your lending partner or work with the franchise or, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and there's a way to get to a yes. As I said before, it's just, you know, what does that look like? And so from a very consultative nature, it's a process um, and it's very oh individualized. So we work with general guidelines to make every individual scenario pan out uh-huh. uh, to the best that's possible. So um, you know, there's always more questions. Right? <laughs> you know. <and> after <laughs> We've a been con- on <laughs>
1: multiple calls together with the clients. I know it. In yeah, ways. exactly.
2: And, and I always end it the same way, which is, I know the moment we hang up, it's okay. You're going to have questions. Email <laughs> me, reach out to me, let me know what those are, Absolutely. Uh, you, you know, and go down that path. So, you know, as an entrepreneur, if you're out there and you're you, you're not going to have all the information on day one, um, so just keep asking great questions and keep the vision and direction and keep that drive towards entrepreneurship mm-hmm. going, um, it'll happen.
1: Well said. Uh, you obviously come to us uh, from Atlantic. I, w- I want you to share a little bit with our listeners about your organization, your bank.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it brief. But Atlantic Capital Bank, um, we are Atlanta, Atlanta's uh, largest publicly traded bank that's headquartered here in Atlanta. So uh, we are Atlanta's hometown business bank. Uh, we are a commercial bank. Um, we have various niche um, lines of business that we do, and we do commercial franchise. Uh, mm-hmm. We do SBA franchise, and we do SBA across the entire country. Uh, so, you know, what you do here on uh, your radio show and the clients you work with, um, very much in line with the vision and mission of where we're trying to go as a bank, as well to support the growth of franchisors and franchisees uh, across the entire country. So,
1: right. So, yeah, as, as a lender, then you're not just working with those that are in Atlanta. Uh, you could work with someone who my hometown Cincinnati Ohio
2: absolutely we've got lenders across the country uh, and we work with franchisors across the entire country uh, and it's it's been an honor to be a part of this organization helping fuel entrepreneurship across the country
1: Mm, well thank you so much for all of the great insight and information around SBA lending
2: yeah my pleasure
1: (laughs) it's been great to have you having you on the on the show Uh, With that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the Franchise Business Radio Show. I do want to thank uh, not only Thomas, but also our listeners for tuning in. Uh, In addition to that, I always like to thank our sponsors, uh, Franchise Intellect, uh, knowledgeable advisors for franchise selection. Just go to www.franchiseintellect.com. Feel free to contact me directly if you're considering franchise business ownership. I can easily be reached at pam at franchiseintellect.com. Dot com. That's Pam at FranchiseIntellect.com. In addition, my business partner, Franchise.City, A Better Way to Buy a Franchise, does some excellent educational uh, videos um, on our YouTube channel. Please check it out, Franchise.City. And this show is also made possible by Franserve, the world's largest franchise consulting and expansion organization. So thanks to everybody. And again, Franchise Business Radio Show. Um, A mission, it's a platform to bring together business professionals to connect, educate, and collaborate to serve the franchise community and those considering franchise business ownership. Thanks for tuning in.
0: Thank you again for joining Pamela Curry and her guests for the Franchise Business Radio Show, sponsored by Franchise Intellect, knowledge of the franchise community for franchise selection. More info at FranchiseIntellect.com. Also made possible in part by Franchise.City, a better way to buy a franchise. More info at Franchise.City. And Franserve, the world's largest franchise consulting and expansion organization. More info at Franserve.com. Use the social media links here to share today's show and check out more episodes at franchise Business Radio dot com.